You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome, welcome to this special episode of the Down the Pub podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Abbott. This is our 50th full episode Wanderers special. First of all, I would like to thank everyone who has listened to the podcast. Your support means a lot to us, and we wouldn't have made it this far without you. I'd also like to thank all the guests and contributors that we've had on the show. You've really helped create some great content, and we really do appreciate it. On this special episode, we are joined by new wanderer, Omar Kram, and from Finland, the first ever wanderer, Zach Sekunde. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can subscribe to the show at downthepub.ca so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. My day-to-day life has been pretty pretty normal. You know, I just wake up, I go train, <laughs> I go to the gym, and that's it. Now it's just in smaller groups, right? So just uh, just speaking of training, like how's that been going? Like obviously uh, the season was pretty much underway and then this all happened. So how have you been keeping fit and uh, stopping yourself from going crazy? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt when you're training in in small numbers and everything, like there's there's no level of intensity near, it's no level of intensity near what it's like to train with your full squad, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, even if you're four, like, you can still get some good technique in and everything, but I'd say the hardest part is like keeping match fitness. You know, I mean, since January tenth, uh, I'd say we've been playing games every weekend, sometimes twice a week. You know, either preseason or cup games. So now to go, we we were what eight weeks into the to this the self isolation and with the no games Jesus. and stuff. So to have you know to be going from playing every weekend, sometimes on Wednesdays to absolutely nothing. I think it's really tough, you know, to, to try to keep that match fitness, you know, and we're, we're doing a lot of running and stuff, but you know, it just doesn't compare. Uh, speaking of training um, that, you know, the, you've been doing the under-restricted. So how's that bonding with the team? Because I've been asking this question, you know, this COVID situation is not easy for everyone. So mm-hmm. um, you're new in the team in Aquinas. So how has it been going? Like, you know, besides the COVID, like, you know, the bonding, like the locker room environment during this situation because you're a new in the team. So like, you know, you have to like bond with your teammates, etc. If you can tell us more about that story. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, bonding with the teammates, it, it actually becomes almost easier in a time like this because everybody just sort of has the same goal. Everybody wants this and everybody just wants to make sure that we have season, right? So I, I, it actually brings like, you have a lot of talking points that you talk about, you know, what you're trying to do to, at home to stay, you know, sane. And like it, it makes it a lot easier in the locker room. The only thing that makes it a bit harder is we're never all in the locker room at the same time. So like obviously now like I've developed some closer relationships with, you know, six more six guys on the team, which are gonna be much stronger because I spent the last eight weeks with them every day. 
right? So hopefully the team won't be too divided after that. But uh, now that the, <laughs> the fact that hopefully that now uh, we have groups of 10 that we can sort of combine everything and get back to right where we were uh, before this whole quarantine issue. Sorry, it sounds like it's going to be like a high school dance where like half the team's on this side <laughs> and half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's not going to be like that. You know, I, I mean, everybody gets along really well. And that's one thing, uh, you know, that's really important to have is like a good team chemistry. It's just now I feel so much closer with some guys because I see them all the time, you know. <laughs> but uh, hopefully it's not going to be a high school dance. And uh, hopefully it goes better than my first high school dance. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just had a horrible flashback uh, there, man. <laughs> oh, my. So, like, how pumped are you to get to finally get this thing started? You know, things change so quickly, and now they're starting to open up the schools. And if there's sort of a relapse, then all of a sudden, <laughs> there's no season at all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm trying to not get too excited. Obviously, like it's in the back of my mind, and like all I can think about is just playing friendlies, and then eventually getting into to, to the season and playing all the time. But I mean, to be completely fair to, to myself and to the team, like we still need to make sure that we're doing everything off the field to make sure that we don't get a relapse and that we're able to do the, to, to have a season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are they, are they talking about like uh, doing it behind closed doors and how do you think that will affect things? Uh, I mean, they, I don't think, to be fair, like I don't think many leagues in the world are, are sustainable without with, with having it behind closed doors. You know, like a, a league in Finland, like they really rely on the fans. They rely on the fans to to come in to buy their tickets, and then that's how that's how they make money. That's their revenue, right? And I think it's similar with a lot of leagues. You know, if you look at the USL, the CPL. So I know that the league is looking into all sort of all sorts of measures, and I think what they're going to try to do is like most of the stadiums can probably fit around two to three thousand people. And what they're going to do is try to have 500 to 750 and you're not allowed to be sitting beside each other. You know what I mean? So it won't be completely, it won't be completely behind closed doors, but it'll give enough, uh, enough revenue for the teams to stay afloat this year. You know what I mean? I I hate to like be like a a person that rains on people's parades and stuff like that. But can you imagine how weird the atmosphere is going to be? Like if there is a goal scored? And people are spaced out with that. Oh, it's just the, the, <laughs> you, you have no idea, like the feeling to, to play and, and to score a goal and run to your fans, you know, or and your whole team is going to celebrate, you know. It, it, it's 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 a feeling that just can't be described, you know. And if you go and you score a goal, and you have one ultra in one corner, one ultra. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely going to be a, it's going to be a weird vibe for sure. But I mean, at the end of the day. If we're playing, I think that's what's going to be happiest. But there's no, there's no doubt. Like you're 100 percent right on that one. It's going to be a bit. It's going to be a little weird feeling. I know that in uh, South Korea, they're talking about having like cut cutouts of fans and stuff like that. Do you think that will work? Um, I mean, they better have some <laughs> some Bluetooth speakers to make them scream. Too. <laughs> oh God! My uh, one of my friends had an idea of putting uh, iPads and all the the seats. And the the fans FaceTiming in. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. No, yeah. I mean, anything, anything would be good. But you know, it's to play to play games behind closed doors. It makes a lot less. It makes a lot less adrenaline and a lot less intense. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it's for sure going to be a game changer. So hopefully, if we can get at least five hundred, seven hundred and fifty people, it'd be a bit of a, a vibe. 
So um, you mentioned there that uh, you were looking to move back to Scandinavia. What's it about Scandinavia that, that, that you like? You know, when I when I had my first stint um, in Sweden a couple of years ago, I, I sort of fell in love with the, the lifestyle of Scandinavian people. Uh, everything is it's a laid back sort of life and it's really outdoorsy. You, uh, everything's outside. And when you're in the summer, like everybody's just walking around and being outside doing barbecues on the beach you know going for hikes and stuff like that and i just feel like the the people here are so not superficial you know they're not shallow people and they're just so genuine and pure so it's stuff like that that it it tracks me you know it's not just the football it's it's the life outside of football and the the friends i've made and everything it's just I, i feel like i have so much more to do you know what I mean? The the North American lifestyle, like I love it and everything, but it's a it's really go 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 all the time, right? So I think the main thing that I liked about it is is just that the the culture. You know, playing in Sweden and now playing in Finland, like make your transition fast and more comfortable for you in terms of yeah. you know like similar cultures and stuff. And this is what brings my my question to you, Zach, is um. So before moving to Ikinas, um, mm-hmm. you're from Ottawa, right? If I'm not yes, mistaken. Correct. So do you know about Atletico Ottawa coming up to the CPL? Did you get any offers from Atletico Ottawa, perhaps another CPL team? So I've been in contact with a couple CPL teams, um, nothing concrete. And I was not actually, I had heard a lot of rumors about Atletico Ottawa coming in. But when I had sort of been finalizing my my deal here and with the, with the technical director and with Hekinas, like I didn't want to play any games. I had a I had a good good situation here um, with a good club, you know, who who's really they've proven themselves to to bring players to Vikas Liga. They they've proven themselves to be a competitive team in this league, um, and I just didn't want to blow it. So I basically said, like, you know what, that's it. I'm not going to speak to any other clubs. It's it's all good, and that was in November. So I didn't have that stress anymore. But obviously, I was curious what was going to happen to Atletico Ottawa. But now, especially after with what's happened with COVID and everything, like I, I really do genuinely believe I made the right decision mm-hmm. to 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 move here. Right on. That's that's great. And the, my, uh, this is just like going a little bit back in the past. Uh, you mm-hmm. had the honor to be the first wonder. You know, yes. In the and yes. you were the first signing. You were the first announcement. I think it was in November. So how, how um, you know, like your history, like for the for the club or for the HFX Wonders. So <laughs> Thank you. so I'll, I'll, like this is more like uh, how, how does it feel like you know like being the first wonder and like you you're one of the big fan favorites. So can you tell us more about like you know like that 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 feeling of, of being the first wonder and how was your first approach with Stephen Hart you know before yeah. you're signing with the wonders yeah for sure i'll i'll, I'll give you the full rundown so um <laughs> you know be, being the first wanderer i mean it came to me a bit of of a as a as a shock um i had spoken i had started sp- speaking to Stephen quite early on i believe in the end of september probably beginning of october and we had met up in Montreal at one point, and he basically had told me that he was going to sign me, and I was really happy for that. He did, we didn't talk about money, but he just said like, "Listen, you have my word, and we're going to sign you." And but he didn't say anything about being the first, you know. So then 
we kept going on, we kept going on, and we were chatting. And you know, he gave me his word, so I, I believed him, I trusted him that he was going to follow through with that. And then basically, uh, out of the blue, one day I was in Montreal. I was with some of my friends that I had played with uh, at the Impact. And I was about to go into the outlets. I was about to go into the <laughs> into the mall. And uh, I forget, but it was a big sale day. And um, <laughs> priorities. I was to walk yeah, yeah. I was about to walk in, and I just see uh, Stephen Hart WhatsApp. You know, I was calling me. So I answer right away, and I turn off the music in the car, and I tell everyone to shut up. You know, and then he goes, uh, he goes, "Hey Zach, uh, how are you?" I'm like, "Good." You know, just just focusing, try to stay fit, waiting, waiting. He's like, good. Well, I just want to let you know that the wait is over. Um, we have the official approval from the league to start signing players. He's like, and for that, uh, like, I want to congratulate you and say that I'll be sending you your contract today. And if you can sign it, um, send it back to me and you'll be the, you'll be the first player. And I was like, wow. So I was like, this is all happening today. He goes, yes, congrats. So I go, um, I do my shopping. I go back to Ottawa. <laughs> you, you want a lot of cleats, a lot of cheap so I, I, uh, I went on a little shopping spree. We can definitely say that, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I, love the fact, I love the fact that you, went, you still went shopping. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I had to, you know. I, I, I was celebrating. I had something to buy, you know. <laughs> But um, but to be fair, I did I did cut it short, and then I made the drive back home to Ottawa to make sure I could could sign the contract in peace and not do it half ass. Um, so I signed the contract back home. I sent it back to him, and then I got another call from him, basically saying that someone from the league was going to contact me, and I was going to be going to. They were going to fly me to Toronto. Um, we were going to go do photo shoots, interviews with a bunch of the other first signings, and that came to be as a bit of a shock. And I was like, okay, like when is this? And he goes, probably Sunday or Monday. And it was Friday night. Wow. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So I was like, okay. So I saw, I, the contract was all good, signed. And then the next day, uh, I got an email. They're like, hi, Zach. Uh, just want to make sure you're able to come for, for this night. You, this is your hotel. Um, and we'll be setting, sending you your, your, your boarding pass. But uh, what airport do you want to fly out of? And I was like, I'm leaving out of Ottawa. So if you could get me out Ottawa to Toronto, uh, that'd be perfect. So they, they got me in and I got my flight, I think the Sunday morning. Um, I flew out, I stayed in Toronto. And then the next day, like I met all of the first signings. So I met, uh, you know, Chris Nanko, uh, Randy and Winnie Bonsu was there, uh, Skylar Thomas, uh, Kyle Becker. Uh, who else was there? Alan Zibby, uh, Nick Ledgerwood. So I got to meet pretty well, uh, Caden Chung. So I got to meet pretty much all the, all those guys, the first signings and it was cool. I made some, some good, uh, relationships and everything. And it's sort of at that moment that I realized, wow, this is, this is cool. This is, this is legit. And I'm actually the first player to ever sign a contract with Halifax Wanderers, you know? And that was a really a special moment. That was a special couple of days for me. And then once I signed, uh, and uh, everything got released and I started to feel the love from, from Halifax and the newspapers. And I, I went on TV in Halifax and everything. It was a really special feeling. And, you know, I'll, I'll be forever grateful for the way uh, I was treated in Halifax by, by Steven, by Derek Martin, by, by the physios, everybody. And on like the most people I can thank is the fans mm -hmm. because they were so, so welcoming to me. Um, 
I would get stopped in the street, I'd have full on conversations. And, you know, I didn't realize how, how much I was liked and appreciated until, well, I announced that I signed with another club. And then I just got so many messages from fans and so many nice tweets and everything. And honestly, it was at that point that I, I really realized that I had some good, good relationships. And that was, that was a year that, that will not be forgotten for me. Um, especially in terms of off the field stuff, you know, so it was, it's, it's special. And I think being the first wanderer, uh, I'll remember for the rest of my life. Do you have good malls in, in Finland? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, my, the shopping has been cut, cut a little bit short because of COVID. So yeah. <laughs> more, I, I'm more visiting the grocery stores. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, last season, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about that because uh, we're from Halifax. <laughs> the first game, like, what was uh, your first Wanderer? You got the first game. What was the what was the, the atmosphere like? And uh, from a personal standpoint, like, what was going through your mind? Um, the first game, I remember being very nervous for that one uh, in Pacific. Uh, it's a game like I genuinely still believe that we should have won that game. I think we had the chances, and I remember. Guti had a chance and Akeem had a chance in the second half. We were so close. You know, Skublak in the first half got a, had a couple chances. But, you know, I felt a lot of pressure that game. I think everybody did. And I think there was just, you know, the, their fans were loud. They were very good. It was sold out. And I think that's pretty well the only game they sold out that, that year. But there were a lot of people. It was loud. It was a, they had a lot of good supporters. Um, it was it was a tough game to lose, you know, because I think we had had a pretty good preseason and we had done well. I think in Punta Cana we had done really well, just preparing for the season. I think the coaching staff had done well, just preparing for the game. You know, I think everybody was really ready for that one, and to go and lose one nil away when you're you've just traveled, you know, eight hours across the country, stayed two days, it was like it was heartbreaking, you know. But for us to to be able to to bounce back the weekend after. Um, it was really special and the, the, the vibe in that stadium was, was electric. And I think, like the fans sort of proved that throughout the whole year, our, our record, well, terrible record for a season, you know, it was a terrible season, but our, our home record was, it, it spoke for itself, you know, teams didn't want to come and play in Halifax. Kind of like the story of our season really, wasn't it? Like the, the way you said that we should have won the game in Pacific. Um, there was a lot of games mm-hmm. like that. What what do you th- what do you think was like that kind of missing ingredient to uh, to to make it like a little bit more successful? That's a tricky one because I don't want to step on anybody's toes here, um, and I want to stay like like. But what what I think personally is a lot of the games we lost in the second half. We there, I mean, for example, we had Forge away and we were up two nil going into like the seventy fifth minute, wasn't it? And yep. We lose that game. We lose Ottawa. Oh, well, we end up tying. Uh, we lose a two-goal lead in Ottawa. And that was at, at halftime, right? We, we concede two goals. There are so many games that we're up by a goal or, or, or we have a, a lead. And then in the second half, in the, in the last 10 minutes, whatever, we, we lose it. So I think a big thing that like we could have worked on more, and this is on an individual standpoint, you know, this is when it comes to being a professional, like you have to do it on your own. But it, it, it's fitness, you know, fitness and concentration. If you're, if you're mentally tired in the in the 89th minute, it's normal. But you have to be able, your body has to be ready to give stoppage time. You know what I mean? And I think that yeah. we didn't have that last year. 
I, I genuinely don't think we, we did enough of it. And I mean, to prove my, to prove what I was saying is that this year, I mean, I'm coming to this team and the, the amount of fitness you do at the end of, of, of training is just, that's, that's what I think we were missing. Right. Yeah. You know, I remember the, that game against Forge uh, at home. I think it was a Wednesday night and we were playing Forge. We were up 1-0. It was the 92nd, 94th minute, something like that. And they go and uh, then uh, David Edgar scores a header in the, in the last minute. To be fair, we play well that game. We dominate. And then we just lose concentration. You know, so I'm not sure if it was a, a pure fitness thing or if it was a, a mental thing. But I think had we been more disciplined off the field and doing more running and stuff, we wouldn't have made small mistakes like that to cost us games. That, that makes, like, I mean, it's, it's not just a, a game of 45 minutes. It's like it's, a, it's over 90, mm-hmm. right? So you, you kind of have to keep that concentration. So like on, on the flip side of like take you away from like being depressed <laughs> and talking about how awful the season was, what was your, uh, what was your highlight from the season? Mm, I mean, the night that I'll never, ever forget was the night in Ottawa uh, for the cup game because that's the first time I was able to to play in front of my friends, my family at a professional level. I remember it. I had a lot of kids I coached were there. I had my family there. My both my mom and my dad were there. I had a, a big group of my friends, my best friends, my childhood friends growing up. They brought their girlfriends. You know, everybody everybody was there. I remember going in. I started that game. I think I played about 80 minutes or 75 minutes and – I just remember, you know, certain parts of the game, you know, when the ball goes out of bounds and, you know, you hear your friends screaming and you're just like, you, you can't, you, 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 like words can't really describe that feeling because it had never happened to me. So for me to go there and, and be with them and play in front of them and then be so close to getting a result, it was, it was fantastic. And I mean, the only thing that could have made that night better is that we had gone through to the next round. So yes. uh, we talk about your Finland career, but uh, you got uh, uh, some years in Australia. Can you tell us more about uh, how was that experience in Australia? Yeah. So when I was playing in Sweden, um, I was seen by well one of the players. Um, one of the players' agents was was Australian, and he wanted to to bring a bring a couple of players from Sweden to Australia to to try it out and see how the level was and how we liked it and stuff. And I mean. It wasn't an easy decision for me because, you know, I'm leaving Sweden to go to a country that's not known for its football, but it's also known to be a wonderful country. And I said to myself that I think it would be a good experience, like a life experience. So I, I decided that it was the right thing to do to go there. And like the money was obviously appealing and the the, the club was, was very good. So I made the decision to go. And when I went there, I honestly am I'm really happy that I did. It was it was a good year. Um I liked the training a lot. It was it was nice weather. You know, I was able to be outside a lot and you know, get pretty tan because of the weather there. But um <laughs> it was it was an incredible experience really. Like I, I was not expecting it to be to, to have the turnout that it did, you know. The fields, the the stadiums, you know, the training facilities, the 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 fans, like everything. It was just it was better than what I was expecting. So I really enjoyed that and I enjoyed the year, but you know, the more I heard the CPL chit chat in the back and how this might be happening, the more I was, you know, turned on to come back home. All right. Just speaking of that, like you've not been afraid to travel for your career. Um, 
obviously going to be footballers or players listening to us that might have to move abroad in the future. How do you go about moving to a new country? To be honest, like I'm just, I'm like a, I'm an explorer. You know what I mean? I like, I like going out and not knowing where, what I'm walking into. <laughs> and I think if you're a footballer, that's, you know, not uh, at the level of, of Manchester United or, you know, that's has a, has, has a big career. You know what I mean? I think you need to be, to have your mind open. Otherwise you just close so many doors and, you know, if my mind was was closed off and scared to to go to to a new country because you're it's the unknown i mean who knows if i'd even still be playing right like i went to france when i was 16 and i had no idea i could barely speak french i i was scared you know what i mean but i decided to go and that's that's how you have to do it and then if you're scared you're going to close doors and if you're not scared you'll open doors you'll meet people and hopefully you'll be able to to continue your your career because often, if one if something happens, I mean, there are a couple players in the league in, in the CPL, you know, who had decent seasons but weren't able to find uh, another CPL club. And I I can guarantee if they they went to other countries and tried to like try to grind something out or get a contract, maybe in a lower tier or something, they'd be able to. But you know, when you're a when you're a footballer, you have to be excited to leave your comfort zone. And if you're not, it's always going to be a struggle for you. It's, uh, that's some great advice there. Um, so just speaking, you kind of did a nice little segue for us. Um, how how did like how did a move to France come? Like how did like you're a kid in Ottawa? Um, how does uh, Auxerre find? It was actually it was like a a story from a movie. Honestly, I mean, I went to one of those. Uh, I went to A and B uh, scouting camp, which is in Toronto. And like to be fair. I had talked to my coach about it, and he had said, "Ah, oh, there's no point of going to that. Like, nothing comes from it. Nothing wow. comes from those things. They're money schemes, none of that. And I was like, oh, well, I'm still going to go. But thanks for the support. <laughs> and, uh, so I went. I went with my parents, and I remember after the first day on that Saturday, I went back to the hotel room, and I was, you know, I was 14 at the time. I was pretty young, and I was, I was, I was a little bit sad. I didn't do well in the in the in the day, and you know, I was upset, but my dad gave me a good little pep talk and everything. And it was nice. The second day on the Sunday, I remember because there were like quite a few more scouts that day. I think they, they didn't really care. And they were just there for, you know, to, to, to be there. So they only went for one of the two days, but they chose the right day. Cause I played well, very well that day. And I was really excited, you know, but no, no scout had spo- really spoken to anybody. And, but at the end I, I was really happy. And then as I was, I was walking back to the car after the trade, you know, like they had a couple of the scouts and they were scouts from all over, you know, division one schools, Canadian schools, pro clubs in Europe, pro academies in Europe, you know, they, there were like 80 scouts. And then as I was, I was walking, uh, back to the, to my car with my parents and stuff like there was, there was a sort of a guy waiting there with a clipboard, an older man. And, uh, he came up and spoke to my, my mom and I, and he says, Oh, like, do you guys speak French? And my mom's like, yeah. Like I'm, I'm French speaking, and he was like, like I, I was really impressed with your with your son today. Um, I'm gonna give you my my email, and he's like, I'd like to keep in touch with you guys, and that was that, it. That's like the that whole movie, it. you know? <laughs> yeah, and that was it. And I, and then he was like, Oh, I'm from AJXR, and as a kid, like I didn't know what this was. I didn't know this was a prestigious club that was playing in League One, that was playing Champions League at the time. I, I didn't know that, Whoa. and my mom didn't know that, obviously. So then. I'm on the way home from Toronto and like I'm looking, I'm holding this piece of paper and I still remember that. I still remember sitting in the back seat and just looking at this piece of paper. 
they had the Axair logo on the paper, man. It was so cool. And um, wow. So obviously, like, I get home. My mom, like, we write an email to him, and then within a week, he replies. And he's like, "Yeah, like, uh, I didn't get to see much. I was there for the for one day, but he's like, I saw some things that I really liked." He's like, right now, I can't offer anything. He's like, I want to see you more. He's like, so I just want to keep us, like, keep keep in contact with you. And then he's like, and you'll be seeing me in Canada. And I was like, okay. Anyway, time goes by, and, like, we didn't really t- talk too much. But six months later, the summer comes. Uh, well, a bit before summer, actually. It was probably April. And I'm playing in, in Hull. At, uh, that's like in the on the Gatineau side of Ottawa, so it's an, it's on the Quebec side, and um, I get an email and he's like, uh, "Hi Zach, I'm gonna come to Canada for for four days and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you. When when are your games? Like, what are your practices like? Uh, I'm gonna come out to a game and a practice." And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> wow. And at this point, I'm I think I'm either four now. I'm still fourteen or fifteen. Now nah, 14 still. And um, he goes and he comes and I speak to him. And uh, again, like I have a pretty good game. He enjoys the, he, he likes the training and stuff. He said, well, to be fair, he said that the training wasn't anywhere at the level as it should be, but he said that I did well and everything. So then he comes back and he watches another training and he says to me, he's like, okay, I'm heading back to France, but you'll hear from me in the next three days. I say, okay. So then I remember one morning I woke up in Ottawa. It was, it was a Saturday morning and my mom, like I, I walked down the stairs and my mom's like, Zach, I, I go out like, yeah, mom. And she says to me, um, you got an official invitation to go, to go trial in France. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and then like I go and I look at the email and it's like, it's a full five week preseason um, with the U16 their centre uh, formation team, like their their training center team, and I was like, wow, like I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. at this time, I just I had just turned uh, fifteen at this point, so I was going, like I was going for it. And then this was in a couple months, so I was going for the whole month of August. So I did, I went, and like I was there, and it was honestly like one of the best experiences as well because I was there for five weeks. I didn't have to pay for anything. They treated me like a king. You know, like it was amazing. And honestly, in that month, I got so much better as a player. I mean, the amount of training is nuts. And these kids, like half of them aren't even going to school anymore. They all drop out or they're doing courses uh, online, stuff like that. And they finished high school at like 25 years old. You know what I mean? These guys really, they, they, they take it, they take it wow. very seriously over there. And, you know, like I would wake up and like you have breakfast made for you. You'd go and you'd train it right after. Then you'd have lunch made for you. Then you'd have a second session after your lunch Then you'd go and you have breakfast. And then nighttime you could chill and do whatever you wanted. So that was an amazing five weeks. And then when it came to an end, um, he's like, yeah, overall, like we're really happy with you, but like you have to realize that right now we're not looking to sign you uh, at this age. He's like, we wanted to see how you'd fit in with the group. He's like, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite, he's like, I'm going to follow you. He's like, I'm going to invite you in April. So that's in seven months, basically. Um, I'm going to invite you back in April. So I go do my school, whatever. I'm training all the time. My high school had done, had bent over backwards to try to help me train a lot and get ready for that. And then when I was getting, when it was getting closer to the dates, 
uh, they, they messaged, well, they emailed me and said like, yeah, like we'd like your, one of your parents to come along this time. So I thought that was interesting. So my mom ended up coming with me for that trip and I was there for two weeks. I trained every day there. Everything was good. It was intense as everything. And then I remember on the last day, like when my, my mom and I, we were about to leave, like they called us into the office and they, they basically, like I was with Bernard, Bernard Turpin, who's like a big name in France and a big name at that club. And he brought us in and he started writing on the, on the board exactly what this is going to consist of. And that next year they, they are going to, to offer me something and this is what it's going to consist of. And I won't have to pay for anything. And this is what we're going to do for school and everything. And it was just so organized. And I remember sitting there just shaking. I was so excited. And wow. then wow. that was it. You know, I went back home and I was happy and I packed my bags and I was ready to go a couple months later. And then 16 years old, that's it. Moving away, living alone. That's great. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we all know how Stephen Hart is, you know, Tasty Soup, all his like one-liners and very charming, mm -hmm. etc. But every coach, when things are going bad, he has to give, get mad, you know? I'm not telling you to tell us the details, but um, we're curious about like how Stephen Hart, you know, when things have to be done and things have to be said. No, to be fair, um, Stephen, like when when you're when you're speaking with him, and um, he's he's obviously a super chill human. You know, you can have really good conversations with him, and you know, interesting. But I, when when things need to be said, and when he needs to get mad, like he, he's definitely not scared to say them. You know, he yeah. he'll put you in place. And I mean, there were some issues last year that I'm sure you guys guys are aware of that Stephen did his job and put the players in place and find them and everything. So. He, he does what he has to, but he does it so that the media and the stuff won't see and it doesn't get taken to a whole nother level. You know, mm -hmm. he does it. He does it professionally. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine, like, you know, he's super chill, as you said, and I can't imagine, yeah. like, you know, should be really scary, you know, when he's yeah. mad and you guys are doing wrong, etc. you know, like, you can't <laughs> play like that. And I, I can no, picture him like that. <laughs> It's definitely a sight, but one thing that was nice was be at half times, you know, and I don't know if this was a good thing or a bad thing looking at it, but I know at halftime he put like, no matter what, he would put the players at ease, you know, he, he'd make people feel less anxious, you know, he'd make you feel ready to play the second half, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be negative, he wouldn't hurt players' confidences and stuff, so it was, it was good. Mm -hmm. I liked him. You went from Auxerre to the Impact. I honestly, I was a bit too young to leave home at 16 and be across uh, in Europe. Like it was, it was really hard for me. Uh, I was homesick often and I found like I was getting sick a lot. Like I was just sad and, you know, it was tough. You know, it was just tough to be away. Like I loved, I loved training, but I mean, I hated going to school. I mean, typical kid, right? And I just, yeah. I was struggling. So <laughs> I, I'd said that I wanted to come home. Uh, and this, this was in May and I got, like, I know that the impact Simon Gaddy has, um, uh, a pretty close connection with my, with my school, high school, Louis Riel. And basically, uh, I got my coach to explain the situation to, to the scout of the impact. And then one day I came home and they just invited me for, uh, four or five days to go, to go train with the U18 team at the impact. And to be fair, like I had done quite well. And right away, uh, a couple of days later, they had sent me that they want to see me in a game. So I went back up for a game and I did very well. And then two days after, you know, they said, we're going to invite you to, to join the academy. And that was it. 
I mean, that's how it that's how it got started, but it moved quite quickly, and it was uh, it was really nice to you know to have to have that uh, in my career and to be able to to develop there because the, a lot of the coaches were French, so they were aware of you know how, where I'd been in the the last year and how I'd been been being coached. So it worked really well, and the impact is like a bit a big reason as to why I am where I am today. So, so when you played there, you had a teammate. Uh, I'm probably going to say his name horribly wrong. I apologize. Yeah, uh, Jan Alexander well. Filion. So, he, so you played with him in Sweden, and he's now yes. a teammate yes, in Finland, right? He in Sweden, like after the after the two years with the reserve team in the USL, um, I didn't have a club. You know, I I was trying to sort something out, and then clubs in the USL didn't want to sign me. Um, they didn't want to sign a Canadian. Uh, who had been playing with the reserve team, even though I had played like 50 games in the USL in two seasons, under 20 years old. Like I, I thought I was going to find a club, no problem, but it was a lot harder than I expected. So it took it took a shot, but um, Jan was was there in in Sweden, and like I said, one day I just went and I packed the bags and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go go try it. So I went and then I was I spent some time in France because I, I had some friends that I had played with who, who who had spoken to their coaches. They said I could come train for a couple of weeks and you know stay fit. And then finally, Jan was like, "Yeah, listen, man. Like I know the coaches here are, are looking to sign players. They don't have a lot of budget, but if you come here, like they're going to give you a, a a real shot." So I went there and and I did well. And that was it. Just was is history after. But if it wasn't for Jan, you know, I wouldn't have been able to to sign there for sure. And I don't know if I'd still be even playing at this point, you know. And then, yeah, for this year, uh, crazy. I mean, it happened pretty well at the same time for both of us. Uh, the guy John Viscosi that that had sort of set us up, he put, he gave us both because they were looking for certain positions. They were rebuilding. They knew what they wanted, and John was just able to to help us out in that. That's a, that's that's awesome. Uh, it's like you know, it's funny. Like I haven't talked to quite a few footballers now like the the connections that you make are kind oh, of almost what keeps you going sometimes 100 percent. and i've i've helped a lot of players as well you know like one of my one of my really good friends is a, a center back of fc edmonton uh mele temguya so so strong he was playing uh in cincinnati while i was in sweden and then i got that move to australia and he got released um he was going, he, he was on trial at Pittsburgh. They released him, surprisingly. He had done very well, he had thought. And then out of the blue, um, I just send him a message. I'm like, man, like you don't have a club right now. We had a center back who had just gotten deported. So we had an, uh, an international spot available. Um, they were going to give him the exact same contract as this guy was making. So it was, it was good money. And I said, listen, I'm going to show you the, show the coaching staff. I'm going to, I'm going to show them your videos. They're going to like you. You're going to fit our, our, our style of play very well. And he was like, man, like you would be saving me, you know, if you could do this. So anyway, I went in, I went into the coaching office before, before training and I brought in his Insta. I showed him, showed him the video. I was like, you guys got to check this guy out. He's willing to come. He can be here in four days. If you give him four days, if you guys get him a plane ticket, he will be here. Anyway, they end up watching the video after training. They're like, we really like him. Give us until tomorrow. Because like, we were in deep trouble. This, the season was about to start. The center back had just gotten deported. He was an American guy. He had some issues with his paperwork. It, it just didn't work. Season was starting in, in six days. We had no center back. We had, a, we had an academy player that, that mm-hmm. played our last preseason. Uh, they were like, this is like a gift. <laughs> 
to have a <laughs> have this player come who's willing to come right away who's already in shape and i don't have to so they signed him within i think three days later he was here and that was it and he came and now he he last year he played almost every minute at fc edmonton you know and he was one of the best best center backs in the league i don't know you don't have to answer this you don't want to but like was there was there an offer to stay in halifax like or was to be fair well like I, i don't mind talking about it a little bit but um like I had an option in my contract and they just didn't pick it up. I was, I was a little bit surprised. I thought they were going to, you know, I, at the end I'd still played, you know, over a thousand minutes. And like, I think there were a lot of problems on the team and within the team that was, you know, attitude issues and arguments on the field and, you know, just poor personalities on the team to have and just a lot of cancers on the team. And I wasn't part of that. And I was one of the guns, like, really focused on, you know, making it better. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would have, that was going to count for something. But yeah, at the end, I got the, I got the call from, from Matt Fegan and Stephen Hart. And uh, they, they decided not to, to pick up my option. So it was a bit of a shock for me, but I had said it to, to the, to the boys before that if it doesn't work here, like, I'm really going to try to go back to Europe. But like you know, I'm sure like oh like you're a fan favorite too, and all the fans uh, are also happy like you know to see you in Europe and how your career is being succeeding from now on, which is perfect for you. If it didn't work here, it's working and it's gonna work. You know, the the yeah. important thing is just to keep trying. And this is what, like bring me one of my last questions here for you. Uh, speaking of Halifax, um, and I was looking at your records in the FC Impact. Your last game in FC Impact was with Louis Bernard Guillet Rigi. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those are the two new additions for the 2020 HFX Wonders roster. Uh, can you tell us more about your relationship with them? Because, like, you know, we saw the videos and they seem like legit players, like very good players. How they feel, yeah, did they, they approach to you before moving here, etc.? You can tell us more? Yeah, they. Uh, I definitely speak with Rigi a lot. Uh, we still speak a lot. We were we were very good friends in, in Montreal. Um he still lived at home. I had my own apartment and he was often chilling at my apartment. You know, we'd be going out for lunch after, after training all the time. And we, we spent a lot of time together. I think one thing, one reason why we were so close is I was playing left back and he was playing left wing. And I don't think many goals got conceded down that side of the, uh, of the, <laughs> of the park that year. And we, we got a lot of, we created a lot of chances. We had a very, very good chemistry. But mm-hmm. um, I spoke to Rigi a lot before. I remember him calling me. I was on vacation. He told me the offer. He, we spoke a lot about it a lot, and I told I pushed him to do it. I thought that you know he's had a rough couple of years, um, because uh, he's been injured, right? And I said like, listen, Halifax will will give you their their heart and soul. Um, they'll love the, you. They'll love you as a player, and I think it would be a really good move because at the end, like I know how Rigi is when he's on his game, mm-hmm. and. He he's the kind of guy that can go and score, you know, 15 goals as a winger in the CPL this season. You know, but he needs to be he needs to be he needs to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And what about LVG? Uh-huh. Uh, Louis, um, we we we're not as close for sure um, mm-hmm. as as Reggie and I, but like he's he's a he's a very good player. Um, mm-hmm great distribution you know he's good at finding the, the intervals and everything and you know for Montreal in Montreal like he was very good for us I think he had one of the highest passing completions and stuff and I'm sure you're gonna have a very very fierce midfield with uh Louis and Sissoko and uh Rampersad 
That's great. That's great. That's, that's great. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see who's going to play uh, out of the two sixes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are three good sixes. You know? So did you make like a lot of friends in from the yeah, one like, we do. still keep in touch with um, some of the players? This is actually pretty, pretty, like, pretty stupid, but I don't know if you guys know where Icon Bay is, um, the play, where the players lived last year. Yeah, well, it's right in front of the, uh, yes, the harbor, yes, yes, right? Yes, you have yes, a bunch yes, of yes. boats coming in and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And there's one boat called the Yang Ming. <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen that, but we have a group chat. Me, Alex DeCarolis, uh, Elliot, Peter Schalle, and Christian Oxner. And honestly, that, that group chat is probably the most active group chat I've been in my whole life. We are, we're still very good friends, you know, and we, we speak pretty well every day. We get group chats going, uh, group video calls going on. And um, those, those were definitely my best friends uh, on Halifax. But Really, at the end of the day, I've I've made some very good 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 friends on that team. I still speak with Rampersad. I still speak with Akeem. I still speak with Luis Perea, Guti, um, Arnone. I speak with them all very very often. And one guy I kind of miss too is Jan Michael Williams. We Facetime all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny guy <laughs> with his big head, ping pong yeah. on his forehead. <laughs> 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 so, so you should you should crop this clip and send it to him. <laughs> oh, uh, so this last part of the show, uh, we normally just ask people some kind of quick fire questions. So, uh, first question I have, Zach, is uh, your top three footballers of all time. Oh, um, well, t- a couple of players who I've really like enjoyed watching over the years. Um, I've always really appreciated Danny Alves uh, as a player. You know, he's a, a fullback who, you know, gets up and down. He's so good technically. You know, he's fun to watch. And the same goes with Marcelo. And those are two guys who have played, you know, similar positions to me. And um, another player who I, I really enjoyed and sort of helped me fall in love with the, with the game was David Beckham. You know, I liked everything about him growing up. And he was just a cool guy in class on the pitch, class off the pitch. So, I liked him a lot. I watched him a lot, and I liked his boots as a kid. I always wanted to buy his boots. The yeah, those predators were the bomb. They were like amazing. Um, he oh, always man, they were amazing. Yeah, I wish I could afford them too. Like unfortunately, like uh, my folks are really poor, so um, <laughs> I, I don't make the money that professional footballers like you make either. So I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so so. Do, do, do you often compare yourself to like Danny Alves and Marcelo? Like, do you think you're that good? Well, I mean, I think they're a class above, <laughs> that's for sure. But I do, I like to base my game, you know, I try to try to play like them, you know, oh, okay. I'm playing in those positions. <laughs> but to say that I'm at the same level as Daddy Alves, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, when we were watching you last season, you did have that kind of Samba swagger about you, man. So, like, you know, don't don't uh, denigrate yourself. Yeah, you're, you're a good player. So, <laughs> yeah, Thank you. So, um, if you're going to be... Uh, at a five-side tournament and you need to pick uh, players from the players that you've played alongside, uh, who would be on your five-side team? Oh, um, okay. So is that uh, like five and a keeper or a keeper, keeper plus four? At, keeper and four. But like, so what some people do is they, rather than have a keeper, they'll have like a defender covering the net. So. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'll just, um, I guess I'll go with, I'll play a diamond then and I'll have a keeper. You know, gotta have a keeper. <laughs> um, I'll probably go with uh, my, you know, my friend we talked about earlier, Yad, in that. 
a really good goalkeeper and a good guy. Uh, center back, for sure going with Nesta. I played with him in Montreal a little bit. Um, uh, he was, he's just such a good defender. And, you know, he, he was a leader and a cool guy. So uh, it would be nice to have him on the field. Then I'd go with the new, the new boy in Halifax, Rigi on, on, the, on the left. Uh, I'll go on the right and I'll put Drogba up top. Fucking hell. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an incredible team. Uh, I think your team and probably uh, Jimmy Brennan's team was, was pretty decent too. I think you guys would probably make the final. Not saying there's anything wrong with other people's teams, but you know, it's kind of hard to look past drunk and miss it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was, they were, they were really good players, you know? Um, yeah. I was with, the, I got to train with the first team uh, in Montreal, like a fair bit when I was, I was there for that last year and, you know, they were just, Drogba was just uh, amazing. You know, Nesta wasn't there at that time. I only got to have a couple trainings with him, but he was, he was still class. So like, obviously like these guys have played for huge teams in Europe, like, you know, uh, AC Milan, Chelsea, all that kind of stuff. Like, do they have airs and graces around them or were they just like regular dudes who are just part of the squad? Um, well, I mean, you can tell that they were confident players, you know, and they, they know that what they've achieved and, you know, that all, a lot of people are looking up to them, you know, even at that point, it's even the coaches that are looking up to them. They're like, wow, like there's, there's a world cup winner right here, you know? And then you have Drogba who's a champions league winner. He's been playing in the prem for, for so many years and everything. But at the end of the day, like both of them just were really, really nice and down to earth guys. They were confident and as they should be, but if you would go and ask them a question, you know, they'll answer you and they'll, they'll be respectful, they'll be kind. And, you know, that was, that was something I always had uh, good impressions with, with them in Montreal. And it's often you hear about like, you know, a player that has a big status that comes to a, to a smaller league and, you know, he thinks he runs the show and, you know, he doesn't care and he's just there to collect his paycheck. But with these guys, it really wasn't the case. Was that a, a dig at Zlatan? <laughs> it was it was a good dig, but he's definitely not. Uh, he's he's definitely a character compared to those two. Um, your favorite Finnish food? My favorite Finnish food. Um, it's 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 pretty unhealthy. It's kind of like a puttin. It's called a, a puttipano. I'm not really sure if I'm saying it correctly. I, I don't know how to how to speak Finnish too too well. But um, it's basically like potatoes, sausage. Um, cheese all melted uh, with a bunch of sausage and uh, there's egg in it as well and I don't know you have that and they serve it like at quite a few places you know it's quite it's quite famous here they're, they're famous for that and honestly it fills you up it's delicious and it just hits the spot but you can't have it too much for you get athlete, you know <laughs> it sounds delicious though to be honest I, I, I honestly thought like because obviously it's finished that would be like you know uh like pickled mackerel or something, but so that's, that's actually, that, that actually sounds that actually sounds pretty decent. Um, the, the, the favorite, your favorite kit you've played in? Favorite kits I've played in? Yep. Um, I liked last year's home jerseys a lot. Uh, they they were my favorite. I, I don't know if you remember them too too well, but I really liked the long sleeve kit. Uh, it was. It was really nice. It was a good fit. I liked the colors, even though I am colorblind, but uh, those colors I, were able, I was able to see. So <laughs> I really, I really liked that kit. It was, it was really nice. 
Oh, I didn't realize you were colorblind. Um, yeah, I, I, str I struggle with colors sometimes. I actually have a pretty funny story, you know. When we were there in uh, Punta Cana last season uh, for, for preseason, um, we were playing uh, like a random team from the Dominican Republic, you know, and uh, we had had pennies on and they were in like green or something and we were in yellow. Oh, and you know i played the first half and it was this was like the third or fourth game and steven at halftime he comes up to me he goes uh zach is everything all right like he's like i feel like you're you're not you're like not passing forward too much he's like like you'll have space sometimes and like you'll have the pocket but you're not playing the pass into the pocket and i was like honestly coach like the colors are really like tough for me like i don't know if you know this but i'm colorblind and like it, it, like i have to like look and like examine the face before I pass, you know, and I, there were, there were a couple of times during that game, I passed straight to the other team, just thinking that, uh, it was a guy on our team. Wow. And basically, uh, he, he just burst out laughing and then he had a laugh with a couple of the, of the coaching <laughs> staff. And then he was like, okay, just do your best. You know? <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It, you have often stories like that a little bit here and there in training, if it's cones or, if it's pennies, whatever it is, but it, it can be a bit of a hassle. So is that written into your contract that you, you're, you won't play against teams in yellow? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, it's usually not that bad. It, it, it's like basically if I was on a red team and the other team was on a brown and the other team was wearing a, a brown color jersey, then it would be a tough. If we were blue and the other team was like pink, it would be really tough, you know, if it was yellow and green. But it's rare that that ever happens. And when it does happen, um, I usually am speaking uh, with like, the equipment manager before to make sure that we're, we're able to, uh, to sort it out. Cool. So um, I, I won't get to see you play against Norwich anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> so so uh, you're, just speaking of the like, jerseys there, what do you think of the – have you seen the Wanderers new one? Yeah, um, I've seen it? a new one. It's it's really nice. Personally, I like last year's a little bit more, but uh, I think it's really nice as well. Uh, maybe I'm also just a little bit biased that I was on the team last year, <laughs> and I loved our jersey. But no, they seem really nice, and honestly, like pretty well. All the jerseys in, in the CPL are very nice jerseys. I just uh, I I think that uh, I think that Soundwave thing they've put on there is like pretty unique. It's kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they're very cool jerseys. They've done well. So uh, I know we kind of just touched on David Beckham's football boots, but what's the, uh, the your favorite pair of football boots you've ever owned? Uh, man, I honestly, like, I this is going to sound a bit weird, but I love all the boots that I own. You know, like, I, I like to I like to feel like a connection with them. You know what I mean? But uh, I think when I was probably about 12 or 13 – my parents bought me a pair of like mercurial vapors, you know, which was like the first kind of legit shoe that I had. And I remember because Ronaldo was wearing them at the time, you know, and like a lot of big players were, were wearing the vapors and stuff. So that's, this was the first time that I was buying like in a, an expensive shoe and everything. And I, I, I'll always have a special place for those, but um, I wore X's. I don't know if you know which ones those are, but they were like green X's. And I wore those for about, Two or three years, the same model. I had about five pairs. I had them in metal studs. I had them in, I had them in uh, firm grounds, and I really liked those. I really liked those a lot. 
That's a that's a pretty special boot, man. They were they were amazing. The Adidas uh, X, yeah, yeah, man, they were incredible. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, how can people um, follow you on social media and follow the club? Um, I mean, my my Instagram uh, uh, is Zachary Secunda. My Twitter is Zachary Secunda. My Facebook Zachary Secunda. <laughs> So it's pretty easy. Um, and if you want to follow the club, I mean, all the handles are, are in my profile. So you can just click me, give me a follow, and then follow the club. And you can see all our, all our progress. And, and if, also, by the way, our first game is supposed to be June 27th. I don't know if I, I, I mentioned that earlier. Oh, sweet. Um, so is there any way for the folks here in Canada to, to watch it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, I'd have to send you the link of, of the streaming, but I know all the games are, are streamed. Awesome. So make sure to send me the link because there's a lot of people here in Halifax that will definitely want to uh, check it out. I remember the kind of couple of games we played before the lockdown there that uh, people here were really interested. So um, we still have a lot of fans here in Halifax. So Zach, I just want to thank you again for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it, um, it's, it's great to, to hear your stories of last season and uh, all the the crazy carries on that goes on in that team. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm really glad that everything's working out for you in Finland. It's, uh, it's, it's great to, to hear, and we'll definitely make sure to keep an eye on your career and your progress. Well, thank you very much for having me, Anthony, and uh, let's keep in touch. And uh, it, was, it was really fun to, to be on the podcast, so thank you. Awesome. And uh, maybe when uh, the season kicks off over there, we might get you back on just to have a chat about how things are, are going and how the games are going for you. Sound good? Sounds good. I'd be happy to do that. The Halifax Wanderers have been running an initiative to help out small businesses in Halifax who have helped support the club since its inception. Please support local and help these businesses get through this awful situation as we need small businesses more than ever. Some of the businesses you can help are Smooth Meal Prep, Wayfarers, Garrison, Verano, Humble Pie, Tony's Pizza and Donair, Freeman's and Athens Restaurant. So please help out wherever you can. These businesses need your help and we'll all get through this together. This show is in conjunction with At Halifax Happy Hours. At Halifax Happy Hours is a relatively new advertising platform showcasing all the current happy hours and food specials on offer in the HRM. They work collaboratively with local businesses to provide one central place to find all the deals. So head to Instagram, follow at Halifax Happy Hours and DM them to be featured. We are joined by new wanderer, um, Omar Krem. Am I saying that properly, Omar? Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thank you. Thank you for, for the invite. And uh, we're also joined by um, down the pub regular and down the pub barfly, Carlos. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us again, Carlos. No problem, no problem. Thanks, Anthony, for having me, and thank you, Omar, for agreeing to be part of this interview here at Down the Pop Podcast. 
Thank you, guys. Thank you. Now that you have like a little bit more freedom, that the, you're allowed to go outside, how are you finding Halifax? Uh, for real, I like it. I like it a lot. Like, of course, I can't like visit restaurants and all places yet. But uh, I visited a few like places outside, and I really like it. Uh, I like like all the cities where you can find water, and like Halifax, I know there's a lot of water. So uh, I think I'm I'm gonna enjoy it. So uh, yeah, there's there's a lot a lot of water. Um, so how have you been say how have you been uh, coping through all this craziness? Yeah, it's it's not easy. I'm be like. I try to give myself like a routine, like be very disciplined about it. Um, I do yoga like every day. I like doing it. Uh, like I just like to to do each thing like in a certain time, like to keep a discipline. Like yoga in certain time, uh, cooking certain time, and obviously like the the workout every day. Yeah, but I can't like wait to to go back. We'll go back out there and play play some soccer. Yeah, we, we can't wait to see you. Um, I'm I'm totally different. I, I literally just get up, do my work, <laughs> and just lounge about. So you're making me feel really bad about myself. Um, <laughs> so I, I know you came here from Morocco. So growing up, uh, was football a, a big deal in your household? Yeah, yeah. I was born in Morocco. Soccer is, is present like everywhere there. My father was was playing uh, at a good level, and my my older brother too was playing. So like I hadn't too much choice to just follow them. <laughs> but honestly, I think if they weren't like playing, I wouldn't play soccer because I wasn't like interesting on it early. But yeah, it's it's like uh, it's a really big thing in Morocco soccer. Like everyone talks about the national team about the different clubs and like we have a a good uh, group of ultras like internationally they they're like recognized so yeah it's very it's very big there amazing um carlos did you have some questions yes i have some questions for you omar um so you play for carabins if i'm not mistaken right yeah so um you also face uh, Peter Shala and Corey Ben. Can you tell us more how was facing them on the field playing in U sports? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure, it's good to be like together because when we played against them, like they were like three guys from Cape Britain that like we noticed, noticed and like they were like two of this, those three guys. So like it's very good to, to be playing with them. And I mean, we've been facing each other like the last three years and like they, they was like really good games. Uh, we always played uh, like overtimes or penalties and like we won two times, they won one times at the end. But honestly, they, they are like very two good players with good quality. So I'm looking forward to, to be with them like on the field and not facing them. That's great. That's great to hear. And now that you guys are teammates, as you're mentioning, um, is there any jokes around? Because, you know, you guys face each other. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Do you guys have kind of 
any internal jokes you know now that you are teammates yeah kind of but i don't want like to to remind them that we, we beat them like five months ago you know so i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to don't do a lot of drugs but maybe like in the few coming weeks we're gonna like talk more about it that's great that's that that's uh a good uh local room environment you know like <laughs> and everything yeah. Um, so your your teammate from Montreal, uh, Abu, joined you in the new challenge in Halifax. Uh, how happy are you that he's with here with you? Um, uh, I was like really really happy. Like we have spent the last four years like sharing the field together, and like we tried to give everything to the program. We won like a national championship. Uh, we won. We don't like. Yeah, we won three uh, provincial championship together. We were together like the the last three years in the Canadian Final Championship. I like to to sign our contracts like and be announced like the same day same day with the same team. Like it's really uh, uh, it's really like unbelievable. And yeah, it's something special. I'm looking forward to to play with him in a pro level and not university. For for play for people here in Halifax that haven't seen you play, what can they expect from you? Yeah, I'm I'm a player who like really likes to attack and like move forward always. But I play a lot of positions. Like I can play six, eight, ten, like on the wings and mm, forward too, like number nine. And like I adapt myself depending on on the position. Like if I'm playing six or eight. I'm gonna like play two, three touches ball, but if I play like ten or winger, I I like to like take my my opponent like one v one like each time that I can. Like I'm not the fastest like one on the team, but my feet move like really quick, so I can dribble like the other players easily. And yeah, like I like to watch Messi. Because uh, he's like the same height than me, he's lefty like me, and he like like to provoke provoke each time he can. So I really like. So that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself to say you're like Messi. Will no, no, I'm not it? like. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be like. <laughs> I don't have like the half of the half of his stamina. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, as we mentioned, you you played with uh, Abu in in Montreal. The same question: What can people expect from from him uh, here in Halifax? Yeah, Abu he's he's more like a, a simple player, but like very effective. Uh, he's not the guy who like will dribble, but I, at the end of the game, he's always gonna be like the guy who who recuperate the most of the balls and like, the cleanest guy on the field. Like, if you are not, uh, like, a fan, uh, an expert, you, you don't going to notice him. But if you know, like, the game, at the end of the game, you're always going to say, like, okay, he's a good player. So so you're Messi and he's Sergio Busquets. <laughs> He's better than Sergio Busquets. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, how have you found uh, Stephen Hart so far? Uh, I really like the way he coaches. 
like he's he's very uh, close to his players and like when he comments like when he comments you on something it's always like helpful uh like it's remarks that gonna help you on the field like on your game like right now and honestly i think i'm i'm gonna learn a lot with him this year and like that's the goal is to improve as a player and following omar following anthony's questions about steven hart can you tell us and explain us um how was his approach to you uh before you moved to the wonders you know how did you sign it Uh, did you guys talk before? He told you, Omar, um, there's a spot. I have you in plans yeah. to be part of the 2021, 2020 roster, etc. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, honestly, I like in between, like two years ago, I think, in the national championship in UBC. Uh, I I knew that like some coaches were like interested in me for the draft. Finally, it didn't happen because, like, I had to finish my, my law degree and some, like, other things didn't match up. But I knew, like, Halifax uh, were interested, but, like, it didn't happen. So I knew that maybe one year later, uh, I was, I, I, I can maybe sign, sign a contract with, with Halifax. But in 2019, he contacted me in October, like, end of October. And he told me that he was interested. He saw me play with uh, with Blainville uh, in the Canadian Championship, and uh, yeah, he said like he, he's interested. And after that, it just like happened quickly, and I signed like one one week, two weeks later. That's great. Uh, that that's great. Um, if you can, and also I know that you have a law degree, and. Yeah. Can you tell us more about it? Why do you choose law? And after you finish your career in football, would you consider to pursue your law career or perhaps blending football and, and law, you know, like maybe being an agent, you know, like yeah. a play agent, like, you know, because you know all the rules, etc. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, yeah, for, for the, I choose law because honestly, I didn't knew what to do like in, in university. Like I had good grades, so to to enter like in this program, you have to have the good grades. And I told myself, I'm gonna like test it, and if I if I don't like it, I'm gonna just change. But I like I like it, and I just pursue it until I have my I had my grade. And after my pro career, uh, I wanna be a lawyer. Uh, yeah, work in sports law or like business law. Uh, but yeah, me, before uh, signing my contract, actually, I was like saying myself, maybe I should like continue to like be a lawyer and just like give up the the pro career, you know. But at the end of the day, I choose I choose my to like continue pursue my my passion, and I think it's the good choice because I have all the time after that to to like be a lawyer if I want. That's great. That this is a great story that you're telling us because you know what? When I was in high school and I was having doubts what to pursue as a career, I wouldn't choose law at all because there's yeah. so many, so many <laughs> stuff. I actually, like I wanted to be an architect, and then when I find out that there were a lot of math involved, I quit yeah. that option because 
the only numbers that I can handle are just the standings when I see football, you know, when I see the soccer standings. <laughs> That's the only math that I calculate. So <laughs> just me and everything fell into place, you know? So were you your own agent when you were signing your contract? I had a, a, an agency based in Quebec. It's uh, like one of the agents. I knew him because he, he did like law with me. So it was it was easier. And he uh, he played with uh, the national Canadian national team when uh, coach Stephen Hart was coaching, I think. So he knew him and it was like just easier for me. Like obviously you haven't had a chance to play in front of the fans yet, but like have you received many messages from the fans here in Halifax for, with support? Um, how are you finding the fans? Honestly, I, I hear a lot of good things about the fans. Like I didn't have the chance to to like know, know them like personally, like physically. But uh, like they, they sent me a lot of good messages and uh, yeah, like, and I think it's oh, it's the reputation of uh, of Halifax is they have like good people, very very good attaching people, and like honestly I'm looking forward to like meet them physic physically and why not like uh, meet them in the in the Wanderers ground. Yeah, Matt, it's it's a great time. You're gonna love it. So there's a there's a lot of competition for the Wanderers in midfield this year. How do you make sure that you stand out from the competition? Yeah, yeah, the, we have a lot of, of good good players in the midfield. But, like, we have different type of players. We have, like, players who can, who want always to go forward, like me, or more, like, technically guys like Jao. We also have, like, more defensive guys, like Rampy, uh, uh, Louis, or Abu. But for me, we just like to stick to my game. Because I know if the coach chooses me, because like I, I I have something like different from the others midfielders, so yeah, just to stick to my game and and work hard. That's it. So, what what is your favorite uh, position to play? Uh, what is your favorite formation? Yeah, the the four two three one, and uh, playing as number ten or or as a winger, it's my favorite one. Yeah. Nice. Um, so I, I think I think Zhao likes to play there too. So yeah. um, it should be fun to see you two guys fighting for the same place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we we played uh, like in some eleven v eleven. We played with the with the same team in the practices, and uh, like we were connecting good. I was playing like a like a winger. He was playing like a number ten. But uh, I really like to play with him. Yeah, he's an amazing player, and uh, I I honestly think obviously last year. Halifax didn't do the greatest, but the team they put together this year, it's going to cause a lot of uh, trouble for teams um, in, the, in the league. So we're all looking oh, forward to seeing you. <laughs> Thank you. So how are you finding your new teammates and how do you guys bond through all of this uh, COVID-19? Uh, yeah, we didn't have a lot of, of time to like really hang out together. But what I saw uh, in the field and outside the field in the two weeks, it's like a really, uh, they are really competitive, like on the field, but outside outside the field, that they are like really uh, easy going, you know. And I think uh, it's gonna be good for the future. And also, we don't have like egos. And for me, that's really important to we don't have like a lot of egos in the team to be successful. So yeah, I'm really liking it. That's always good to to hear that there's not 
a lot of ego. Is that makes for a great team? Um, yes, I do. Uh, this is more uh, related coming back to your trial in Sweden, because I know you have one in Sweden. Can you tell us more about this experience, how it was, you know, it opened the eyes of like European football, etc. If you can tell us more about this. Yeah, when I went there, I was uh, 18, 18 or 19 years old. I was really young and I didn't play with men's before. So when I went there, I played with real like men's and it was like really hard because when we see European soccer on TV, it's always like BPL, uh, La Liga or something like that. And when we, we go like into the reality, it's harder than that. I went there, I played with like division three and four team. It's like the, the reserve teams uh, of the, of the division one and two, like it wasn't easy. And honestly, I grew up from there, you know, I was like really a child and I spent like three weeks, one month there. And when I came back to, to Canada, I really like knew what I have to do to, to go to the next level. And yeah, it was a really great experience. Uh, at the end, they, they proposed me something, but honestly, I wasn't like ready to sacrifice uh, my life here in Canada for 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 like contract that they offered me. Right on, because uh, we had Sakar Sekunda next wonder uh, yeah. on the pre-show when he was telling us, describing more how difficult it was to be abroad at such a young age. So yeah. I can imagine for you how difficult it was when you when you were the trial. Can you tell us more? a little bit about like, what was the challenges? What was the hardest part of, of being away, you know, at such a young age? More like psychologically, uh, when you, you go on the field, like the, the, the players there, they don't, they don't want you to be there, you know, like you're coming to like take, take their, their jobs. So they, they aren't like so friendly and it's hard because you're, you're always like alone, you know? And just like to perform like every day in this like atmosphere, it's, it's really, really hard. And also, like I said, I was, I was young. So when I went there, I played with like against men. And for me, it was like really a shock to, to experience that. It wasn't easy. Did you find a challenging also? Um, because you know, you were, you were telling us that you have kind of like a similar high, like Lionel Messi. And yeah. Lionel Messi tall when you went to Sweden, like these guys are like Vikings, you know, like these guys are massive, like huge tall guys that are players. Yeah. Uh, was it a big challenge for you, you know, like play against players that have a physicality bigger than yours? Yeah, but as always find like a way to, to like go through that, you know, it was harder, like the, how can I say that? Like the, they are like faster, not like, bigger but like faster than you and mm -hmm. uh, even the like the, their, their decisions are like faster when you play against men they think like faster than than like uh, teenager teenager teams you know it's more it's more like yeah like the the uh, the speed of the game was like a really really hard Right on, right on. And speaking of faster, um, how fast has been your adaptation into the Halifax Wonders? You know, how has been your process 
since you arrived because before COVID, everything was falling into place. You were telling us before that, you know, you were playing on the pitch and now suddenly you guys are doing Zoom training and everything. Can you tell us more about how uh, this is uh, working for you and also from the whole team, who has been the two players that has impressed you the most? You were talking about Joao Morelli before, if you can mention other players. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was like really, really good, like two weeks. But honestly, we we are we have a great team, a really great team. And I knew I'm not gonna say like surprised because I knew a lot of the players there, like coming from Quebec. I knew them, and we played like together for. We trained together in Montreal for like the past uh, two months before that. So I knew a lot of the guys, but yeah, Zhao like surprised me. Like I knew Peter Shaw, like, Corey Bent. I knew them because I played against them. So I, like I wasn't surprised because I knew they were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy who surprised me and it's it's the, the assistant coach, Mizut. He played like a, a 11v11. We played 11v11 and he was like really, really, really good. And I even told like Coach Steven, like we have to sign him. Like he <laughs> knows how to play. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is a, it's a legend here in Halifax. Like it's, it's, it's a great player. So he, he's very technical. He's very clean. Yeah. So all we hear is like really great comments about it, you know? Yeah, he's, he's really good. Really, really good. But yeah, Zhao was, was a good like a good player. And yeah, yeah, Rampi, Garcia. Honestly, like we have a good team. Yeah. We hope, like looking forward to see the new roster. Yeah, um, you mentioned there about when you're in Sweden it was difficult to play against uh older players. Um how how have you adapted physically? to obviously you're going to be playing against older players again when you uh, start here at the CPL. How have you adapted physically to, to the challenge? Yeah, but um, um, now I'm used to it because uh, like the last four four summers, I played, I played like senior, senior, uh, senior soccer. Uh, like last team I played against uh, Wittlenville. Uh, it's a summer pro team in Quebec. We even play against York Nine, so now I'm used to it. Like I, I, I know how to like deal with my, with my smaller like smaller height. So yeah, for me now it's like a, an advantage and not an inconvenience to, to be smaller and play against like older guys. It's more like the the level. I have to adapt to the level because the level is obviously like better than university or, or semi pro. Nice. Um, so, what are your personal goals for the season? Uh, to play as much minutes as I can, stay healthy. Because honestly, I, I, I am not like the, the type of player who like set like goals, specific goals before each season. Like example, like ten goals, five assists. No, I think like it's more just to to have like as much minutes as I can, and if I stay healthy. I think I'm gonna have a good season, and uh, like collectively too, we we just don't want we don't like just want to to do better than last year. Like we want to to win this year. We want you to win this year too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I know that the 
they announced the, the start of a, a players union. Um, how did you become involved in that? Uh, yeah, it was like really, it happened really naturally. I knew that players across the league like wanted to, to form a union and I was approached to join it. Uh, the fact that I, I graduated from the University of Montreal, like in law, he like meant that I could help, you know. And honestly, I've, I've always played soccer and like doing something else in the side. So for me, it's like really natural to like continue on this path. And what what can the the union do for the players in supporting them? Uh, like I think the union is just like important because it like centralizes all like the voices of the players, like especially during during this this virus, it's important to have like a player created organization that supports like the same players that uh, that created there. And honestly, we're like we're seeing it. We're seeing it all over the world. Like unions that are here to help players, and for us, it just like to have one voice for all the players. If they are like, if they have like questions, concerns, they know that they they have like an organization or an organization that can like help them. That's great, definitely, because football. It can be really harsh to people like you know one year you're the best player in the world and then the next you don't have a job so um it's it's great that they have some sort of support how did the the clubs themselves feel about you guys starting a union uh honestly i i i don't know yet because we didn't have like <laughs> Okay. Well, sure. Derek, Derek wants to talk to you once all this is over. Yeah, surely. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah, we don't have like. Uh... Yeah, that's. It. So, so 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 moving moving away from me trying to get you fired. Um, <laughs> would you would you like to have the chance to play in Europe again? Uh. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I like I I would love to to get back there, but for I have like for now I'm 25, like I'm not like 18 or 19, so I can't just I can't just go there to like to go there. I have to to have like a good opportunity, and if I have one, like I'm gonna go for it. But I'm not gonna go there to play like in, in Division Three in some in some weird country, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to see you in the Moldova League, is what you're no, saying. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Omar. Um, now that you we were mentioning on Derek Martin, so I just want your take about you know what's your take about the club stuff because like they're doing a, a good job. Um, you know, you've been in different clubs. Like, what's your yeah. take? about the club philosophy, what was your first impression, you know, when you signed with the Wonders? You can tell us more a little bit this. Yeah, honestly, they, they are doing amazing, like, especially with with this crisis. They are doing everything to, to keep us, like, in shape, like, physically and mentally. We have, like, chats with uh, with pro players, like, two two times a week to, like, to, to have, uh, like, 
to to know a little bit about them, about their experiences, how to deal with that. So overall, it, it was like really, really positive, a really professional approach. So yeah, honestly, I'm looking just forward to to play to play finally uh, and see the fans. This is great. This is great. And going back more into the past, can you tell us more when did you decided to become a football player? Well, as uh, you know, do you have any stories with your family, you know, as a kid playing, I don't know, like in your backyard, etc. If you could tell us more a little bit about this. Yeah. I was I was playing soccer uh like on the beach on the beach in Morocco. That was like the first time that I was playing soccer. And I remember that. I have like picture of that. And honestly, it was like the better times, you know, like playing, playing on the beach, uh, like good weather, not snow. <laughs> it was like a really, a really good times. And when like I really decided to, to do like competitive soccer when I, I came to Canada, at seven years old, I started playing like under eight. But before that, I was like, like playing just for fun, you know, beach with my brother and and my father. And um, do you do you think like you know like you you have more uh, from you're from Morocco, you have Moroccan roots. Yeah. Um, do you think like uh, Moroccan football has some impact in your game style? Do you feel like it? Yeah, I think so. Like all the the North Africans uh, countries, they 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 have like more like I would say like technical players, players that want the ball and want to dribble with the ball. If you see uh, France, it's a good example. Like a guy like uh, Ben Arfa or or Nasri, uh, they they have a lot of guys from from North African countries. And they, mm -hmm. they all have like the same type of player, you know, just provoking 1v1 and just attacking every time. Riyad Mahrez yeah. is a good example. Of course, you know, the typical, you know, like ball on the ground, like very skill, foot skill. That, that, that's, uh, that's a Moroccan style. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, very similar to many different teams. But th I, I guess that's why your love for Lionel Messi comes because, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, Kind of like the same technical um, skills. Obviously, we don't have a team in Quebec yet in the CPL. Um, what city do you think would be the best place to start? I think the Quebec City. They they, they don't have like a professional teams there, and uh, they they are like really close. It's like a Halifax, you know, a small city, and they are like behind their behind their sports team. Yeah, their university sports team, like just the, the university football team there, they can have like 15,000 uh, fans. So I think it's a good, uh, it's a good start. And maybe after like me, um, somewhere like near Montreal, uh, it could be a nice idea too. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I was talking to somebody about Quebec city and they said that it probably wouldn't work there. Um, I think it would. <laughs> I'd love yeah, to have it. Um, would you would you play for them someday? Well, for now I'm with Halifax. Huh? <laughs> I'm just trying to get you fired, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, 
I'm man. joking. I will cut that. You don't have to answer that. I'm, I'm just joking. Um, so, do you think? Do you think that Montreal could handle a second uh, professional soccer team? Honestly, I, I don't think so. I don't think so because just the Montreal Impact, they have like they have hard times to bring fans to the Sapporo Stadium. So to bring another team there, I think it's going to be really, really hard to, to fill the, to fill the stadium. That makes sense. I mean, it, I, I didn't realize that they had a hard time filling yeah. the stadium. I, I think it's, 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 uh, with like the, the last year they didn't have like a success. So maybe it's for that too. And when Drogba was there, like the, the stand were, were full every time. So, see, that's the difference between Montreal and Halifax. We came, <laughs> we, we, came, we came last last year and everybody still went to the game, right? Yeah, real fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can ask, but I think like Omar already answered one, but he might have to name a different player. Omar, what I normally ask is uh, every guest that we have is what are your top three players that you admire in your position? So yeah. I guess the answer is Messi. But you you might you have to tell us like three different ones. Okay, okay. Uh, Messi, Messi, and Messi. <laughs> uh, no, no, but Messi, uh, Messi, and Joe Morelli. <laughs> <laughs> like I really like uh, like Ronaldinho and uh, Iniesta too. Uh, maybe a last one. I liked Ozil like back in the days. With like when he was really good. Yeah, solid choices, solid choices. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you're if you're going to pick, if you're going to be go to a tournament, a five-a-side tournament, um, yeah. what player what players would you pick that you have played with to be on your team? Okay, besides like the Halifax players. Any players you've ever played with? Yeah, okay, I'm not gonna take Halifax players. I'm gonna take. Uh, Okay, I'm gonna go with like a two-one-two formation. Uh, maybe uh, Vendry Lefebvre. He was a next Montreal player. He played with me last year with Ice Blainville. Uh Left maybe Dia Dia Bin Abzi. We played together three four years, and now he's playing with Rock Nine. Nice. Uh, on midfield, Abu, because Abu. Uh, yeah, he's really strong. And uh, up top, uh, maybe Zakaria Misudi. He played with me in uh, Carabao University. He was playing in B1 in Finland, I think. And he played also some Europa, some Europa League's game. He's a really, really good attacking player. And... Uh, Oh yeah, I have maybe Olivier Cham. Maybe guys, you, you don't know him, but uh, he he was like a childhood friend of me. And after that, he went back to to France and he played with Manchester City. Celtic. Yeah, now he's playing with Celtic Glasgow. You, you know Olivier and Cham? Yeah, yeah, we were childhood friend. He. He Dude. came to Canada at nine years old. He was with me in Montreal. He came, he like he returned to, to France at 13 years old, I think. 
but yeah, I know him. Like we, we lost contact when he he went to England, but uh, yeah, I know him very well. Oh wow! So um, yeah, I'm a huge Celtic fan. So if yeah. you ever want, if you ever want to get him in touch with me, man, for an interview, tell <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm kidding. Uh, so, um, what's your the, what's your most favorite pair of football boots you've ever owned? Oh, the the Adi Zero, like the the black, orange, and yellow one. Sweet. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite food? Um, maybe uh, couscous. It's a Moroccan, uh, like the Moroccan couscous. It's so good. Yeah. Nice. Uh, your favorite movie? Uh, Avatar. Yeah. That, we've had some really bad. Um, I was talking to a, a player from Shamrock Rovers in Ireland and he picked uh, Happy Gilmore or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> so what's your, what's your favorite, uh, what's, what's your favorite football memory uh, uh, so far? Like, like mine or something that yeah. I watched? Oh, mine it was the 2018 national Canadian like championship but uh, like something that I, I watched I think the the World Cup 2002 I just remember like I was really really young and I remember like waking up really really early to watch the the games with my with my father uh, it was like the first time that I I really start to, to watch some games. So I really like. That was a that was a great World Cup too. Yeah, uh, there was like the uh, the Italy South Korea game <laughs> it was it was one of the best games I've ever seen. Um, Carlos, did you have any more questions, bud? Uh, no, no. Uh, we can. Uh, yes, I have one for Omar. One last one. Um, this is more uh, for the fan base. You know, in Halifax. Yeah. Uh, if you have any message to. To the fans out there that listen to the pop and they're looking forward, they were looking forward to see you on the pitch. Yeah. Fortunately, this COVID nineteen started and we all know what happened. But hopefully, we get back on track very soon and we can see you playing in the grounds. If you have any message for all our yeah. fans, honestly, first just like stay healthy because yeah, we're like we're we don't like like what's what's happening, but we have our health. You know, that's the first. And uh, second, I like I really want to say like thanks to them because like they welcomed me very very well. And uh, honestly, I'm I'm just like excited to be part of the of the of the family. You know, I can play in the Wanderers Ground this year. It will be like it will means a lot for me. And I'm looking forward to, to like meet them physically. Like I said. That's a, that's amazing. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I know that English isn't your first language, so I really appreciate you yeah. talking to us. Um, I'll I'll talk to Derek and I'll make sure you don't get fired. We don't want you to, <laughs> we don't we don't want you to be unemployed because of us. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Hey, thank you guys for the invite. It was really enjoyable. Thank you, Omar. We appreciate your time. And your English is great, by the way. So I thank you. I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to practice it. Practice it. <laughs> it's way better than my flow. Good job, man. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Stay safe. Hey, thank you, guys. Thanks, thank you. Carlos. Bye. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast. 
thank you to our guests Zach Secunda and Omar Krem also shout out to Carlos Benitez for helping out and asking questions your contribution is immense Carlos thank you so much thank you to all our listeners if you like the show or feel we can improve in places please leave us a review so we can make the next 50 episodes even better for you you can subscribe at downthepub.ca so you never miss an episode until next time cheers you've been listening to the down the pub podcast recorded in halifax nova scotia head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode until next time cheers we